we should be done now. And they sang a hymn and went out. I'm going to ask our people on the back desk if they can do me a favor. Can you put up the chorus to that last song that we sang? In everything, give thanks for the this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Quench not the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're going to open your word. We've already opened it. We've already been presented with some more aches of the heart. Pray for Al's family. Pray that your spirit would be working in them. We pray for Gary. Pray for wisdom for the doctors and for those that are attending. In every one of us, we come with aches in our heart. You're the one we adore. You're the one that we give thanks to. And may that be an audible, verbal thanks. It's the name of Jesus we ask it. Amen. Amen. I'm going to have you turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Psalm 136. Psalm 136. Thank you for the privilege of being back in your pulpit. It is a privilege. And it's a responsibility. Thanksgiving is upon us. Everybody ready? Liz isn't. That's just because Al eats too much. Everybody ready for Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is one of those holidays, that and Christmas, that bring back a lot of memories. They open up the archives of the mind, don't they? How could my mom cook? But, but she almost had to. It was kind of like self-defense. There were four of us guys sitting around the table. And I think at that point in time, I was still the smallest. Chris, keep it down. We'll get the net. It, it, it opens up a lot of, uh, a lot of memories. I, I think that... Um, Thank you is probably one of the hardest words that comes out of the English language. Doesn't it? I mean, baby, babies come out of the maternity ward and they can already say no. But it takes years before we say Thank you. 
I'm not saying that it takes years before we are thankful. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm preaching to the choir. We're a thankful people. But I'm saying that it's sometimes it takes a long time before we can audibly say thank you. And I appreciate what the psalmist did in Psalm 136. Because he wants us to take thank you out of the, the catacombs of the thought life and the emotions and waft them on the audible articulation. Somebody write that down. Because <laughs> I don't remember what I said. He wants us to say it out loud. Thank you. I remember trying to teach our, our grandson. Say thank you. What do you say, Jacob? Say thank you. What are the magic words? Say thank you. Huh? I'm sure he's better now. And I'm not saying that we aren't a thankful people. But I think saying thank you brings it from again, from the inside and brings it outside. I was at a church and I, somebody had done something and, and I said to the lady, I said, well, thank you for doing that. And she said, we don't say thank you. She said, we say praise the Lord. I said, well, you know, praise the Lord, not a bad thing to say. But saying thank you doesn't hurt either. As a matter of fact, giving thanks in all things says what? It's the word of God. We need to be a thankful people. We need to verbally say thank you. And, and it's, not just, it's not just our young people. Let me drive down the road today and, and let somebody out of a parking lot. And it's like it was your responsibility to let them out. Nobody says thank you anymore. But God wants us to be a thankful people. He wants us to take thankfulness and take it that one step further. And to audibly say it. In Psalm 136, there's a number of times that the psalmist says, say thank you. Say thank you. Now, my wife, she likes, can I use you in an illustration? She's used, she's used to it by now. She, she likes a, a message with a title. So I'm going to give you a message, a title for the message today, and that's dry wood. Dry wood. File that away. Put some mental parentheses around that. But she also likes a message with an outline. And not all of my messages have outlines. But this morning the outline would be he made us. He redeemed us. He protects us. And someday he's taking us home. Psalm 136 verse 1 if you would. And, and again the psalmist is reminding us. He's reminding me. Remember, the word of God is a two-edged sword. It cuts from the pulpit to the pew. 
Because this is my message, God's message to me first. And then I get to share it with you. We'll give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Now notice what that does not say. That does not say, oh, give thanks to the Lord because he does or because he gives, which he does. Oh, his mercy endures forever. But that psalmist writes, he says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His mercy endures forever. In his grace, he gives us what we don't deserve. In his mercy, he doesn't give, doesn't give us what we do deserve. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endureth forever. Is God good? All the time. And you know, sometimes when we're usually reminded of that, is when something happens... And, and we play that reel to reel in our head and we go back and we say, boy, this is how this could have turned out. But that's not what that scripture verse says. That says no matter how that did turn out, God is good. We find ourselves saying, you know, if, if things hadn't been as favorable... Is God still good? Yes. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And I need to say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I'm going to check and see if you're awake. Say that out loud with me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, nice job. Verse 2, we'll give thanks unto the God of gods for his mercy endureth forever oh give thanks to the lord of lords for his mercy endureth forever to him who alone doth great works for his mercy endureth forever paul wrote to the ephesian church in the second chapter verse four you don't need to turn there he said but god who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us God has not only a lot of mercy, but that mercy endures forever. You and I can't wear out, although we sometimes try. We can't wear out that mercy. The hymn writer wrote, pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today. Bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. And then the, then the hymn writer says, great is thy faithfulness. Kind of a, a takeoff from Lamentations, third chapter, verse 23. God is faithful. One of the reasons that the psalmist writes that we need to be thankful to God is because he made us. Verse 5. 
To him that by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that made great lights, for his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endureth forever. The moon and the stars to rule by night, for his mercy endureth forever. Kind of sounds like uh, part of last week's message. Well, we heard a couple of messages or pieces of message from Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created. His mercy endureth forever. Have you ever, I know I do this. Have you ever started a project and you get part ways through the project and you say, wow, if I had known ahead of time how much this was going to cost or, or what the time was that was involved or how much of a headache or, or that I was going to mess it up anyhow, if I had only known probably wouldn't have started and you know God knew ahead of time what was going to happen with his creation and he continued he knew what would happen now see if I was God don't don't take that any place any place other than right here if I was God I would have stopped at the fifth day because on the fifth day God created fish or trout, I'm sorry, and, and partridge. I, I wouldn't have messed with the sixth day because that's when he made us. I would have stopped on the fifth day and said, Wow, that is good. What's that? Partridge. Grouse. Excuse my Massachusetts accent. <laughs> I have no clue how to say it in French. But he continued. And he knew what sin would do. He knew the mess that we would make out of this world. And he continued. For his mercy endureth forever. Are you thankful for his creation? Have you said, thank you, God, that you made me? Thank you, God, that you made me. Number one, he made us. Thank you, God, you made us. And he didn't stop there. Because he knew the mess we were going to make he redeemed us. Amen? Amen? Thank you, God, you made us. Thank you, God, you redeemed us. Verse 10. To him that smote Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endureth forever. And brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endureth forever. With a strong hand and with a stretched out arm, for his mercy endureth forever. 
to him which divided the Red Sea into parts, for his mercy endureth forever. And he made Israel to pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endureth forever. I've never been an Egyptian. I've never been a slave to Pharaoh. Not yet, anyhow. But we've all been slaves to sin. We've all been slaves to sin. We were born into a a sin nature. In in John, the the eighth chapter, Jesus was talking to some, some Jews, some Pharisees on the porch. And he said, chapter 8, verse 31. He said, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. Al already said this. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And they answered him, wait a minute. They said, we're Abraham's seed. We were never in bondage to any man. While sayest thou, you shall be free indeed, or made free. Wait, wait just a second. What do you mean they were never in bondage? Read the Old Testament. They were in bondage to everybody. Because their sin put them that way. But Jesus narrows it down here. And Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is a servant to sin. Verse 35. And the servant abideth not in his house forever, but the son abideth forever. And if the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. You know what God did? Not just for Israel, but for us. He made a bridge. God made a bridge for Israel to cross that Red Sea. That must have been spectacular. To walk across on dry land and to have walls of water on both sides. I still wonder if like in an aquarium you can see the fish. But God made a bridge for all mankind to cross an impassable gulf from earth to heaven. And a bridge was his only son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. But the world through him might be saved. Why? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Is that all of us? That's all of us. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God made a bridge because we needed a bridge. Jesus was talking to a man or about a man in Luke the 16th chapter about a rich man in Lazarus. And he cried and said, Father, this is the rich man. The rich man is now deceased and he's in hell. And he cried and he said, Father Abraham... 
coming from Luke 16, verse 24. Have mercy on me and send Lazarus. Lazarus, who was the, the poor man that, that this rich man never gave anything to. He was just, he wouldn't even sweep the stuff out from under the table to him. Have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger into water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us, check this out, between us there is a great gulf fixed. So the day which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Now Jesus did not make the bridge to pass from hell, but he saved us from hell. Because that decision needs to be made prior to our death. This is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. This life is in his son. He that hath the son hath life. He that does not have the son of God does not have life. But these things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. That you may know, not think, not hope, not knock on doors, not work towards, that you may know that you have eternal life. Do you know this morning that you have eternal life? Do you know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord? Do you know that? How often do I say, thank you, God, you redeemed me. Thank you, Lord, you made me. Thank you, Lord, you redeemed me. There was a little boy. He made a boat. You might have heard this story before. It's worth repeating. Little boy made a boat. He put everything he had into that. And it was just the sweetest little boat. And he got some material from his mom. And he made a sail for it. And he took it down to the edge of the lake to try it out. And the wind caught it and took it away. And it was gone. Heartbroken. Heartbroken. But you know, an awful long time later, this little boy is walking down the street. And there in the front window of the pawn shop is his little sailboat. And he walked in and he said, that's my sailboat. And the owner of the pawn shop says, that's my sailboat. He says, but you can buy it. And the little boy paid the price. The little boy paid the price. And he took that home and and he wasn't unhappy that he had to pay for it again. He loved it even more. Now I belong to Jesus. Jesus belongs to me, not for the years of time alone, but for eternity. Jesus, my Lord, will love me forever. 
From him no power of evil can sever. He gave his life to ransom my soul. Now I belong to him. And he loves us even more. See, he he finished the job of creation. God in his perfect will was not willing that any should perish. But God in his permissive will Because he gave us a will of our own. God knew that there would be those that would not accept Jesus Christ as their savior. And he redeemed us. He protects us. Thank you God for protecting us. Verse 15. But he overthrew overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea for his mercy endureth forever see that the enemy couldn't cross over that bridge only God's elect only God's chosen could cross that bridge to him that led his people through the wilderness for his mercy endureth forever to him which smote great kings for his mercy endureth forever and slew great kings For his mercy endureth forever. Sion, king of the Amorites. For his mercy endureth forever. And Og, the son of Bashan. For his mercy endureth forever. I don't know about you. I haven't seen. Anybody seen any Amorites lately? I haven't seen. I haven't seen any. We've been to Massachusetts a few times. And I still haven't run into anybody named Og or Sion. But I've got enemies. And you've got enemies. Enemies of your soul. Enemies that don't sleep. Enemies that don't take a coffee break. Enemies that know the exact time. Here comes temptation. And what do I do? I answer the door of all the silly things to do I answer the door we have enemies enemies that don't sleep I want you to realize just just for a minute just imagine just think When was the last time you prayed what Jesus taught his disciples to pray? Lead me not into temptation. When when was the last time? I mean, I think it was last week, I think it was Mike here that was talking about football. Anybody like football? Football? Hey, me not so much. But I'm going to tell you, on Thanksgiving, if it keeps you out of the kitchen, away from the apple pie, I'm all for it. (laughs) But last week, Mike was talking about going into the huddle or staying in the huddle and not coming out and playing the game. And, And as dangerous as that is, it's just as dangerous for us not to go into the huddle. 
and not to prepare and say, Lord, prepare me. Lead us not into temptation. Lord, help me. And then we're surprised when Satan blindsides us. And we're totally unprepared. We toy with the tools of temptation, justifying and excusing what we do or what we think. And what God wants us to do is to protect our hearts and our minds from these things. Because the heart is deceitfully wicked. The same way that God protected Israel. God wants us to see sin as he sees sin. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. John in his first letter. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from Almost every sin. All. Amen. Thank you God. All sin. Cleanses from all sin. If we say we have no sin. We deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin. He is faithful. And just to forgive us our sin. Because his mercy what endureth forever if we say we have not sinned we make him a liar and his truth and his word is not in us because God forgives the repentant heart is there a sin too big that God cannot forgive it no other than the rejection of him no There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able, but will with that temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. And so many times the best way to deal with temptation is just a dead run. Just a dead run. Flee youthful lusts. Paul told Timothy. But follow righteousness, faith, love, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Thank you, God. You made us. Thank you, God. You redeemed us. Thank you, God. You protect us. And thank you, God, that someday you're taking us home. Amen. 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 We can do better than that. Amen. We're getting there. Psalm 136, verse 21. And he gave their land for an heritage. For his mercy endureth forever. Even an heritage unto Israel his servant, for his mercy endureth forever. Who remembered us in our lowest state, for his mercy endureth forever. Hath redeemed us from our enemies, for his mercy endureth forever. Who giveth food to all flesh, 
for his mercy endureth forever. O give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. And just as God promised a home for Israel, God has promised a home for us. This world is not my home. Why why are there so many times that I live like it is? This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angel beckons me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. You know, there's an awful lot in our world today that would make us uncomfortable. If I told you this before, hold up two fingers. Once you, you know, the neat part about getting old is you forget who you tell things to. You don't need to amen that. I met a guy coming out of the, uh, the grocery store. And he was bemoaning the fact of all that's going on in our world today. And I said, you know something? I said, I am so thankful God is in control. And the guy said, well, yeah, yeah, he is, he is. But boy, you know, if, if he is, he better hurry up. And I said, wait just a minute. I says, the teacher is sometimes quiet during the test. No, ma, isn't he? God is still in control. And, and, and he may not work this out the way we want it worked out. But he's still in control. How can I be thankful? I'm not thankful for all things. I'm thankful in all things. I'm thankful that God is in control. I'm thankful that even though I don't always have the answers, he does. And that someday he's going to take me home. And he's going to take his children home. David wrote, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Sounds like trout fishing to me, amen? He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And that's not a fishing rod. That's sometimes he needs to poke me and get, me, get my attention. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Wait a minute, Lord. Have you watched the news lately? God's in control. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you, Lord, you made me. Thank you, Lord, you redeemed me. Thank you, Lord, you protect me. Thank you, Lord, that someday you're going to take me home. What was, what was the title of this morning's message? Anybody remember? Dry wood. Thank you. 
You can take the parentheses off. Every morning, or not every morning, I didn't this morning, but almost every morning, I go down to my shop and I start a fire in a wood stove. I'm, I'm trying not to burn all of the dry wood that we heat the house with. So I've got a, a, a pile of old birch that's hey, good enough for the shop, right? And I start a fire the other morning and, and I'm sitting there and, and the fire is going. There's no heat. There's no heat. And I said, well, this is silly. I'm not warming up the shop very good with this. And I took one stick of dry wood. And you know what changed that whole fire? That one stick of dry wood changed that whole fire. God has called us to be dry wood. And you say, wait a minute, I, I, I don't have that in my translation. Where does it say God has called you to be dry wood? Remember what we started with? Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. And what? Quench not the Holy Spirit. Dry wood. You and I need to be dry wood amen heavenly father it's again it's your word pray that you'd use it in our lives help us to be the people the thankful people that you've called us to be we ask it in Jesus precious name amen